0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. Well, Things are certainly hotting up over in France, aren't they? And with me to chat through all the Rugby World Cup action, as always, is Sarah Elgin and Steve Cording. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Steve. Hello, I, I love how
2: Welsh he sounds when he says my name. I don't know why. Every week, I, Sarah
0: Elgin. Well, I've had Jiffy on last week. You're on every week. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely turning Welsh. It's yeah. a Ooh, it's right. right, there's Welsh. a line for Whoa, you now. There we go. Lawrence
2: Delalio is turning Welsh.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? We did a little ITV social yesterday for social clips. And we had to walk around the corner and pick a card, like a tarot card. And guess who I picked?
2: Wales. 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 Then I had to
0: talk about how far they'd go in the tournament.
2: And how far did you say they were going to go? I said
0: that they're going to go a lot further than I thought they were.
2: There you go. Oh my gosh. I'm having like a really positive influence on you uh,
0: and I your love of Wales. I, I love it. It won't last um,
2: long. You look good yesterday on ITV. You Thank dressed you. dressed very nicely. Well, that courtesy day.
0: of uh, Charles Tirra and Eden Park, um, who I know are very much involved with uh, our guest, who's coming on very shortly. Steve, how are you? Uh, I'm very well.
3: I've, I just want to go back to your
0: jacket. How would you describe it? Taupe, was it? Is that what you said it was? Well, listen, I mean, Clive and... Johnny, bless him, looked like a couple of big biros, didn't they? Really, so <laughs> biros. I, I had to do something to change the mood a bit, didn't no, I, really? No, to be fair, they're both very smartly dressed. But uh, oh yeah, tope, I think is what they call tope. it. Tope. Tope. Not, it's, tope. Not toup- it's not tope. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call
2: tope. Tope. Tope.
0: It was, but I think on TV it looked a bit more like rose, it looked like blush. Because yeah. everyone said to me, Have you got, lol, have you got a pink jacket on? Are you sure?
2: Oh, love, what have you turned into? Oh, no.
0: No, and the no socks? No uh, socks look? Listen, that's what all the cool kids are doing. Skinny, uh, skinny I never jeans. I wear socks. Skinny jeans, no socks, mate. You know.
2: do, you, do you wear socks? Do you? I wear
0: socks, yeah. Ankle socks, maybe. Maybe, oh. yeah. But I always, always have socks
3: on. Do you not find you get smelly feet <laughs> no, in your shoes? Yeah. No, no. I had a new pair of shoes. A new pair of shoes as well. Yeah.
2: There you go, guys. I bet you're glad you're tuned in now to the podcast. That's <laughs> our new sock talk um, of a week. We are going to talk rugby as well, though, right? Okay, we are delighted to welcome our very special guest this week. Joining us down the line from France is Wallabies head coach, Eddie Jones. Hey, Eddie.
0: Hey, Sarah. Lawrence. How are you? I've uh, been better. But, uh, <laughs> oh,
2: bless you. The trials
0: and
1: tribulations of
0: World Cup. I
2: know,
1: yeah. right.
0: You said uh, a couple of weeks ago, Eddie, when you had a difficult press conference, that that's the worst press conference you've ever had. Did, did you speak to the uh, the media yesterday? Was it, uh, was it all okay? Uh,
1: yeah, well, they're happy, aren't they? Um. So... It's always doing good after a loss, mate, right? and you gotta you gotta front up and do what you can.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean obviously Fiji's performance was probably not a surprise to many people because obviously they've they've come off the back of beating England at Twickenham and I mean, dare I say it, sir, they probably should have beaten Wales. They certainly yeah, no, gave Wales right. a, a yeah. pretty good run. Did anything surprise you, Eddie? Did they exceed your expectations in terms of the way you played, or did you just feel that your boys just underperformed versus um, you know, the, the standards you set? Yeah, it
1: was a really funny sort of game. You know, against me, you usually get um attacked against but you know, they scored one try from an innocuous box kick. Um and we were able to defend them pretty well, but Physically, they dominated the game line, um, and I've never seen the Fiji side so probably just ticket at that game as tightly as they did. Yeah.
2: You said after the game, Eddie. You know, you said you kind of put your hands up and said, "Look, I got it wrong. It was my fault." What What did you mean by that exactly? What What did you get wrong, you personally? Uh, look, I, I
1: always take responsibility for the performance, you know, because at the end of the day, the head coach is responsible for the team's performance. Yeah, I've decided to go into the Twelve Cup with a young squad. You know, want to try to rebuild it a bit. and sometimes, you know, a young squad under the heat and they're playing it in against a, a physical pleegian side, couldn't respond as we'd like to respond. And sometimes, you know, um, that's a key thing during the game. So, you know, I've got to take responsibility for that.
0: I mean, we're talking here. It's not like you're out the World Cup. You're still very much in the tournament. You've obviously got a massive focus now that shifts towards that game against Wales. I mean, as we've seen with England, you know, one, one victory can certainly, you know, shift the momentum back and suddenly everything's back on track. You're always one that likes to analyse the cycles of rugby. How would you assess the World Cup so far in terms of the, the way that the game is being played? Do you think there's a big gap between two or three of the sides and everyone else? Or do you, or do you think, you know, that clearly with the way it's being refereed, with the bunker and, you know, the, the yellow slash red card situation, how's your interpretation of the tournament? Is, is it as you expected it to be or has it turned out to be a bit different?
1: Well, I think rugby going through a huge power cycle at the moment. Yeah, you know, it's about how quickly you can get in the opposite of 22, and then, then the power of your ability to, to get over the line. With that, you've got the advent of the high tackle being released more closely. This inclined teams to put a double man in the tackle or at least minimise the effect that they can have. So if you've got a good power team that can play over the game line and keep the ball on the front foot, you're very hard to play against. Uh, South Africa do that through power. France do that through power and kicking. And then Ireland do it through cohesion. Yeah, they're the most cohesive team in the world. And I think it's fascinating that what we haven't seen is much really quick ruck ball and and continuous pace game. You know, New Zealand's still trying to play like that and maybe they'll get some results out of it. And every other team's trying to find, if they haven't got enough power, how can you create a game that can be effective under these conditions?
2: Eddie, what I'm looking forward to this week, and I know like, probably talking to the media is a part of the job that you hate, but I am looking forward to both your and Warren Gatler's press conferences this week and the build-up to the Welsh game. I think it's going to be quite tasty. What have you made of Wales's performances so far? What do you make of them as a squad at the moment?
1: Uh, well, I think Warren's done a great job there, you know. He initially went for the young players and then brought the older guys back. Yeah, he's got them playing that, you know, what they call was a ball, a very distinctive strong, defensive, high-kicking game. And then once they get in, you know, you're up 50, they play a lot of bigger. You know, he's still a very good player and probably one of the most competitive players in the world.
0: Eddie, you um, I just wanted to talk to you about England. Obviously, Steve Borthwick, you work with him. You mentored him in many ways. You, you've coached Japan. Uh, I don't know whether you've got time to watch the game or you've watched it subsequently, but a couple of questions which I know people would love to hear. I mean, you're there to coach of Australia, you're the you're head coach of the Wallabies, but what are your feelings when you watch England now? I mean, you mixed emotions because you, you've, you've obviously worked with so many of those players, if not all of them. Um, what did you reckon to, to the way that they ended up going against Japan?
1: I think Jay mail has probably got a contract with
0: Brighton now. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think there's anything in his head, but uh, clearly
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, definitely enough to make them all go forward. Well, I thought that, you know, that was a... Fascinating game. I watched a little bit of it this morning. Well, 53 minute mark at 12-9, and Japan's playing. You know, being able to play that quick, ruck, move the ball quickly, and they and they had a lot of times they had England on the, on the back foot, and England struggled to get on the front foot. And it was interesting. England England tried to shift the ball a lot more than they had been, with some good success because Japan tended to defend really tight. So I thought it was a really good. Tackle. And, you know, when I watching them, I still have a lot of affection for them. I lo- yeah, I love the players. But I don't have any bad feelings. Yeah, that was going to be my more. next
2: question of, you know, like, is it difficult to want to support? Because obviously you've, you've got relationships within that camp with, with some of the players. But is it difficult to want to support them given what, what had happened?
1: No, not really. Look, I had a great time there, seven years. Like, imagine Australia dating seven years, England. Like, it's the most sort of contradictory relationship we've <laughs> ever had in the world. So, yeah, and I loved it. And, you know, it had some good success and, and it didn't end well, but it very rarely ends well.
3: Eddie, looking at Japan's performance yesterday, obviously they stepped up from their first game. Now, when you came on the podcast last time, you mischievously maybe said that uh, you'd be leaving Australia at the end of the World Cup. Uh, caused a few, Don't uh, get him
0: into trouble. Caused <laughs> a don't, few don't, headlines don't, don't. back
3: in Australia. I think your tongue was firmly in your cheek when you said it. But um, there are suggestions now that that Japan job could be yours if you want it at the end of the World Cup. Any unfinished business back in Japan for you?
1: Oh, The only thing I'm worried about at the moment is Wales.
0: Yeah, I've got nothing <laughs> you knew the idea
2: were going to get to
0: that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feeling you'd say that, yeah. Quite right too. Okay, so yeah.
2: England face Chile next Saturday then. I mean, that's going to be pretty straightforward, you'd imagine, Eddie, right?
1: Yeah, I've been quite disappointed with the bottom eight teams of the World Cup. You know, I thought the last World Cup they had improved a bit. I think it goes back to what I was talking about. You know, the power part of the game, it's hard for those smaller things to compete. So the bottom eight, I think, definitely dropped off a little bit.
3: How do you change that? I mean, there was a leak, wasn't there, from the French camp this week that they don't want possession for more than 20 seconds. If they don't get what they want in that 20 seconds, they just kick and reset. Uh, And you're talking about this power game and the average time of ball. I mean, England were doing it last night for about 60 minutes. You know, you go through one, two phases, and then in kick. Is there something that can be done about that? Because, obviously, as a spectacle. You want to draw the fans in more, uh, and that kind of game just isn't going to do it, is it?
1: Yeah. Oh, can I just tell a little story there? So I was in a stream in Paris last week, and this you know, very well-dressed French man comes up to me. He says, oh, you're the coach of Australia. He said, but I love France. I've fallen in love with French rugby again, he said, because they've gone back to running the ball from everywhere. Yeah, and so the French as you know, the stats show you know, they're the highest kicking team in the world. But because they have the pomp and they have such great counter-attacking skills, they get away with playing the kicking game without being criticised. The game is so difficult now to keep the ball for a long period. Unless you're like Ireland where you train all year and you're so cohesive, a support player working synergy with your ball carrier. Yeah, we had a bit of this between our ball carrying and support players and we got penalised heavily for it. So I think the solution is to make the game more continuous and what we've done is made the game more discontinuous. Mm. Now the average ball in play in a game of rugby is 30 seconds. The average ball out of play is 70 seconds. So it's like we're playing a, a mini NFL game. We've got 30 seconds of brutal power and then 70 seconds to recover, which encourages Seems to have big, powerful players play, just as you said, how France are playing. And if you haven't got those players, you've got to try to manufacture it a different way.
0: It's funny, um, isn't it? It's funny, isn't can, it, Eddie? Because New Zealand were very similar to that. You know, if you looked at New Zealand a few years ago, everyone thought, oh, they play this amazing brand of rugby, so entertaining. But they actually kick the ball in their own half so much and and then have a high press, similar to what France are doing. But because they've got so many amazing runners outside of that, the perception is very different to what actually the stats show.
1: That's very true. And it's interesting, I reckon, New Zealand, this World Cup, are trying to go back to playing a, a more continuous, faster rut game and see if they can break the game open. I think there's still the ability to do that, but the way the referees are refereeing the breakdown again, it makes it questionable. Wow.
0: Well, I was just saying last night, you know, with with you being turned over maybe six, seven times at the breakdown, it, it's it's a high risk, isn't it? Seriously high risk.
1: Yeah, and you know you got so many people who are good over the ball now. Now you go back 10 years, Lawrence, and maybe three players could jackle. Yeah. And now, you know, in the top team, you've got 15 players who can all tackle. You know, the French fullbacks backs were the worst, and he won in the game.
2: Sadie, um, it's your fifth World Cup, the fourth as head coach, yeah? Um, you've been yep. to three finals, so, you know, you're a man who knows what you're talking about, clearly, when it comes to World Cups. So, if not Australia, who would you like to see in that final, and who do you think will be in that final?
1: Well, I think possibly the best two teams at the moment. The way the game is, is France and South Africa. You know, they both play a power game, high-kicking, good counter-attack. Both have got, you know, feet and and the ability to move the ball into space. So I think that would be a fascinating final.
0: Do do you think the the cohesiveness of Ireland can, if they can keep one or two players fit, uh, as in their their scrum half Gibson Park's really crucial and to their tempo? And I think, obviously, Johnny Sexton, well, he's so, so key. But do, do you think their cohesiveness can overcome that power game?
1: Well, I reckon that's a big challenge, mate. And Tonga almost showed it for 20 minutes Yeah. that they upset them with their power. Yeah. And You know, you see Tonga, Japan, You know, even us, we, we can do it for a certain period of time, but can't do it for the full 80 minutes. But I, I think from a rugby perspective, I think that's the most interesting part of the World Cup. Can yeah, Ireland's cohesiveness compete against the power of the other team?
3: Eddie? This is—it's quite a long tournament. You're obviously uh, quietly in the camp most of the time, but when you do get some downtime in France, you've mentioned already there that you had a little stroll and you were talking to a local. I mean, do you get time to go and do something and switch off and get away <laughs> not, from things? Not, 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 <laughs> not,
0: not this week, mate. No, no probably not. <laughs> all, all he's, right. he's not no. there
3: for the croissants,
2: uh, are you, Eddie? Uh, are You're you not there for be the croissants. <laughs> dodging the croissants and
3: the baguettes this week, maybe, but. Um, I mean, France is a beautiful country, isn't it? You're obviously there in 07, had a great success with South Africa. What do you do when you're not thinking about rugby? Anything?
1: Well, this campaign, particularly because I've come in late, we're just chasing our tail the whole time. But we're out in Saint Etienne, which is quite a quiet little place. We've got a beautiful hotel. Yeah, you know, there's a little village up the road with a couple of bistros. So we go in there sometimes and they you know, have a nice French meal. So, but apart from that, not much else.
2: As <laughs> you said, you're chasing your tails. Cause so obviously your approach is different with Australia than it has been, therefore, with the other teams that you've taken to the World Cup. So in terms of headwork, how how difficult has that been? And what have you had to do differently with this squad? Because they are a young squad and because you were saying you came in late, you're chasing your tails. How different has the prep been?
1: Yeah, well we've we've basically up until the Fiji week been having a preseason. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to work out the strengths of the team. How can we play them? And we thought we got to a spot where now we've got the team playing to its strengths. When you've got a team for a longer period of time, you know, you're thinking past that. And, and that's probably the opportunity I haven't had to do, is to think past what is immediate for the
3: team. Is there any chance of, um, I mean, you talk about your, your par
0: game there with Tupou and Skelton. Is there any chance of either of them playing again in the World Cup?
1: No, they'll be back as long as we keep going.
0: Yeah, that gives you something to build the team around this week, doesn't it? When you bring back that much experience, and as he said, it's a team game, but two or three individuals like that can make a big difference, no doubt about it.
2: Well, Eddie, wish you all the best. Um, I look, I might see you at the match on um, on Sunday, isn't it? Uh, the game is on Sunday. I give you a little wave from. For <laughs> <wrapping laughs> the... I'm sure you'll be busy though. I'm sure you won't be waving back. But I'll give I'll you give a wave. All the, all the very well, listen, best. Listen,
0: you just got you've got knockout football around earlier. That's all it is. It's yeah. Uh,
3: well, yeah. I mean that that losing bonus point. That you got at the end of yesterday, it could be massive come the the final countdown, couldn't it? Yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely.
2: Good luck, Eddie. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to see you. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate Appreciate that, Eddie. Thank
0: you. Bye -bye. Bye bye.
4: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.
2: How good was it to hear from Eddie Jones
0: there? Well, do you know what? I mean, aside from his disappointment, his knowledge of the game, you know, what he was talking about, the power game and the fact that, you know, Everyone on social media last night was having a go at England for kicking the ball so much, right? Including myself, really, because I couldn't quite understand. Other than the Freddie Stewart try, which I get, when you get into that attacking zone and you got an opportunity and you nail it like George Ford did, great. But we were playing like two, three phases, then just kicking the ball. And it looked like we were kicking it aimlessly. But when you listen to what Eddie said there around the way the game is being played at the moment, if you haven't got the power, and let's be honest, England are underpowered up front. You know, Billy Vunapola, at his very best, is our, probably our strongest ball carrier. We do not have the sort of carriers that say, even Ireland... South Africa, France have. It's no wonder we're kicking. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to hear his... Well, going back on what you're kind of saying, view.
3: though, I mean, this is, this is the whole point of what... We, we've tried, obviously, to get some England players to come on. Now, I'm not being critical of the RFU. This is the decision that they've taken is that they don't want them to speak during the tournament itself. However, the one thing that the game needs to do is to hear from people he's going back at to critical times, ago. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to be to be fair to Eddie, you know, he's front. he could quite easily have just said this morning, oh, sorry, guys, I can't come on, you know, it's not been great. And he clearly, you know, you look at him there, he was looking a little bit flat, and he's obviously got a massive week ahead of him,
0: but fair play to him for coming on. When you're losing, no one wants to front up, but the reality is you have to do that because it shows a human side to you as a coach, as a player, and, you know, after England beat Argentina, suddenly there's one or two of them actually talking. But I just think it's, just be authentic. Just be yourself. I just still, I think there's a level of honesty. I mean, George Ford, who, who again, had a significant contribution last night. is you know, been playing very well in the two opportunities. He said, oh, you know, Japan are a great side. They're not a great side. They've lost eight out of the last... Well they've now lost nine. I mean it could be a
2: good could they could be a they've, good now, they've now not,
0: yeah but they've just they've lost nine out of the last 11 test matches. So they're not a great side. They're a side that are really struggling since 2019 and and actually I felt for them last night because they played no test rugby throughout the whole of 2020 because of covid. They're now a tier 1 nation I hate using that word but the quality and strength of opponent that they've played over the last few years has been significant so of course they're going to lose games but you know it's amazing that they they hung in there and at one point they were winning the game and and england had to work really really hard and look two from two with england let's talk about them they've they got the bonus point on on the 80th minute i guess the the worry for me is that they're still making and uh, admittedly jamie george and talking to ugo last night in pitch side in nice it was really hot and there is a bit of mitigation it's in terms of spilling the ball, but yeah. we made so many unforced errors yet again. And I just think, no matter who you pick, if you make that many mistakes against some of the better sides, we will get punished.
3: But now is the time to make them. Now is the time to make them against ty- teams that are weaker. I mean, you, you take we'll take the glass half full approach of the opposite. England are now two from two yeah. conceded, and, and conceded one try in those two games. And all right, admittedly, last night for 60 Minutes, it was pretty tough to watch.
2: That's an understatement. But score
0: scored four
3: tries at the end
0: yeah. of it. Well, I mean, and listen, all the, all the focus now is, and Steve Borthwick quite rightly said that it was all about Argentina, all about Japan. It's obviously all about Chile, and that's what he's saying. But we know that in the media, the focus will now fall around Ford v Farrell. I made the mistake of thinking that Farrell had started the test that fly half in Yokohama in the semi final, but it was actually Ford. Ford and Farrell played together in that game. So it can be done. England's greatest ever performance under our special guest Eddie Jones was actually with Ford. So, what, what
2: would you do against Chenny? Well, would well
0: you... I think if Farrell starts because yeah. I think he has to. He has to and, yeah. you know, don't forget, he's Steve Borthwick's captain. He's not going to suddenly go from being banned for a few weeks to being on the bench. That's like leaving Martin Johnson out of your test team. You don't do that, you know? Well, Clive did But, it, but well,
2: Martin Johnson couldn't play 10 and no. centre. So what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, but what I'm saying well, is that, you... is that, is that regardless, you know, listen, whoever we pick against Chile, we're going to win and we're going to win well. Personally, I think Farrell probably needs to get back in. Although, there is an argument at 10. 10. But yeah. there is an argument to say, if you're going to play him at 12 in the quarterfinal, then why don't you start playing him now at 10, 12? Well, and also, well, when's... if you leave Ford out of the Chile game, he won't play for three weeks because then England. Yeah, got exactly. A week so, off. so there's some really interesting, you know, selection conundrums, you know, whichever way you look at it, Farrell is in that team. And when he comes back, He's, he's the captain of that team.
3: But anyway, what about England's new secret weapon? I mean, uh, uh, Sir Clive said last night that he practised headers. Ever headed a ball forward? Well, listen, it we, seems we, like to uh, me. I mean, it's a great idea, isn't we
0: it? We practised a lot of things, but, you know, I <laughs> promise you now, we never used them. I mean, we, we didn't We didn't win a World Cup with a header, did we? That was uh, that was 66, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was. you know what,
2: it's interesting what, what like, teams do practise, because we had Robin McBride on the S4C coverage, and I, I was asking him about Jack Morgan's crossfield kicks during that Fiji game, and he was like, oh yeah, we we, pra- we practised that, not with Jack, but with... Um, have a guess with who? A forward, a Welsh forward that would pull that off.
0: Faletown, maybe?
2: Tipperwick. Oh, yeah. Tipperick, of yeah. course. But but Tipperic. they, they, they oh, do, do you
0: know they what, though? Last night's try, and it was a bit of a comedy of errors, wasn't it? It was. I mean, our first try was a Japanese mistake at the line-out. And then it's almost symptomatic of where England are in, in terms of their attacking game. We got in behind, down on that right-hand flank, quick ball. And, <laughs> you know... The way that our forwards are set up with two front row forwards there, we had Stuart and Marler. You know, luckily for England, it went off Stuart's hand backwards, hit Marler on the head. (laughs) I was just saying that it was a a thinking man's try, wasn't it?
2: (laughs) Right, chaps, um, we've got a brand new podcast feature this week. It's time for our Big Match Moment.
0: The Big Match Moment with the Samsung Galaxy Tab S9 Ultra. Bring the big match to an expansive display.
2: Lol, have you selected a big batch moment and what is it?
0: Well, as much as I am English and I support England, I can't really not look at the game of the tournament so far, the result of the tournament so far, Australia against Fiji. Their performance was magnificent, so it has to come from that game. I mean, as World Cup upsets go, we've had Japan beating South Africa in 2015. We've had Japan again beating Scotland and Ireland in 2019. And although this wasn't quite as big a surprise as maybe those were, because of the performances against England and the performances against Wales, it's still a huge, huge... I mean, I think 1954, is it, the last time? Yeah. I was
2: literally just checking that out. how I good get my phone. I'm, I'm
0: not such that a n- I'm such a I, nerd. Yeah. I'm, yeah
2: I, 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 Even I, I, I
0: wasn't born then. Well... I'm trying uh, yeah. to find out. That's it's, when they
2: last beat yeah, them, is it? it is.
0: And, and do you know okay. what? There's only four countries from the so-called Tier 2 have ever made the quarterfinals of a Rugby World Cup. Japan being the last ones in their own World Cup in 2019. And you've got to say that Fiji now have got every chance of becoming the team that do it again because they, they, they have obviously made a quarterfinal before. So, my moment of the match... The fact that they turned the ball over something like eight times at the breakdown, their jackling was incredible. And I just think the person who epitomised that was Bottier, the flanker. We see him every week for La Rochelle. Can you say that for La
2: Rochelle.
0: La Rochelle. <laughs> Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that is just that is this exquisite <laughs> Um a or shell so uh, Botia, who's a prison uh, warden I think or former prison warden and he put Australia in prison so he is our oh, oh,
2: what a line good. Lawrence
0: that's good tell
2: you what you have come out with some boots today well, whatever know, yeah. you did last night you need to do it like every week <laughs> oh, because sorry. your stats have been impeccable <laughs> your 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 taupe cardigan is working for Steve and myself oh, yeah. and you were bought out a line like that
0: well I actually went to bed last night that's <laughs> good. That, 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 there I, you go. I got, you got, got some sleep
2: <laughs> good good okay excellent right Ireland we haven't talked about, spoken about Ireland have we Um, they put in another winning performance a win over Tonga 59-16 the final score Um, a big old game for them on Saturday that is massive against South Africa it's going to be a crazy game
0: well let's just reflect back I mean they are a well-oiled machine aren't they really if you look at the, this week you know Eddie mentioned France who made so many changes their performance against Uruguay was disjointed verging on a bit chaotic, really. But if you look at the performance of Ireland and let's, you know, big shout out to Johnny Sexton, who's now overtaken Renan O'Gara. I wonder if those two have spoken. I mean, there's a little I'm t- sure con- they congratu- have. Of course they have. <laughs> but I mean, interestingly, a lot of eyebrows raised when Andy Farrell named his team, going with Sexton again, going with the strongest possible team to start with, not making too many changes, but actually I thought they were magnificent. They, they did what they had to do and, Now they've achieved the objective of of maximum points from the first two games and hadn't really sort of thought about the context of it. They play South Africa, then Scotland. I mean, they're two biggest games at the end of the, you know, so effectively they're kind of run to the final if they're going to make it that starts on Saturday. Yeah,
2: and I still find it quite interesting because whoever you ask, not many people, even though Ireland are the number one side in the world, and I know they're one of the favourites, we know this, but if you actually ask people who's going to be in the final, who's going to lift it, not many have said Ireland. Daddy didn't say it no, this morning. No,
0: no, not straight so, away. No. But, and, and it's, it's, well, you, you didn't say it originally, but now you are I didn't, I've changed it. My well, you say
2: Wales are going to almost get there no, now. So. Well, I was, no,
0: steady on. I mean, listen, I know, I know I may have done, I've had a lot of sleep. But, not, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I do think that, um, I mean, Ireland have beaten France. That, I mean, the last game in the Six Nations, the, the game against France was magnificent. And obviously, home advantage, slightly different. The year before, they lost to France, but obviously that was in Paris. So that's a game that can go either way. From my memory, the last time they played South Africa in Dublin, they beat them, but it was a tough game. It was, a, I mean, it wasn't like a typical Ireland performance. Of, you know, I think it was like 13-9 or something, wasn't it? It was pretty, pretty tough, tight game. So, you know, Eddie's already given us a precursor to what's going to happen. Ireland are the most cohesive team if they resource the breakdown correctly if they're able to move those big South Africans around then I think they've got enough to win I'll tell you what else Ireland are is the most disciplined I couldn't believe that when it was
3: Home it was the first yellow card they'd had for 14 months
2: is that right which is
3: unbelievable well, some, yeah, since got, Andrew they got, they got Porter a, got against an amazing defence coach
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I got some some bloke called Simon e- e- Easterby. Easterby. Yeah. Tell but you if what, we're e- talking Jackson.
3: about cards affecting <laughs> so the outcome what? of the World Cup, you know, if that, that discipline that they have on the field, mm. even in the
0: current it's climate, isn't it's isn't very, it? very, yeah. very important, it is isn't important. it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, listen, we, we've had this amazing game with Fiji, Australia, but I think you know this weekend coming up, that's when everyone will just be glued to that game. Even if you're not a supporter of any of those two sides, everyone who's watched rugby so far will watch that game because it's just mega.
2: And then you've got Wales. Against Australia, Steve. That, that, that's mega as well. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Isn't yeah, me?
0: it is, isn't it? I, I, I think. Unfortunately,
3: I can say it now that Eddie's not hit, but I can't see it any, any other way other than Wales winning. Okay.
2: okay. Do
0: you think so? Yeah. Oh, look have you at see, you, have you seen nice, some, in... nice and brave. Yeah. Now we now we Aren't said goodbye she? to Eddie. We? <laughs> no, no. See you later, Eddie. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> no, no. Bye, Eddie. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Well, I have a, a newfound love for Louis Rees-Zammit. Now, found out that he wears Ronaldo underwear. which he did a little uh, Ronaldo celebration. Did a little Ronaldo celebration. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can underestimate the two players that Australia were missing and the power and the you know Skelton. Skelton, Skelton. Skelton, Skelton. Skelton was Skelton was named as it. I mean, literally uh, and, is, and metaphorically, he's enormous. But he yeah. was also named as their captain. As captain, it's, it's an yeah. interesting because Eddie's deliberately gone with a young side. He you know he left out Hooper. He's left out Quay Cooper. Maybe getting a bit of flack back in Australia for doing that. Maybe he wishes he had those players now. And Warren's done the same. No Alan Wynn, no Tipperick. You know, there's a lot of players that have gone. So you've got two very young teams. I think if Australia are to prevail, they need a better game from their out-half. They definitely... Who, who was a bit of a rabbit in the headlights last night.
2: Do you know what I've noticed, though, out, out in in France, in the stages? I noticed it the first week and I noticed it this week. That I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but for years I felt like Wales have been everybody's like second favourite team, you know? But like I've noticed... The, the crowd did not, you know, the, the the neutrals. They did not want Wales to win against Fiji, and they didn't want Wales to win against Portugal. I thought that was a really interesting kind of.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was... think I agree, yeah agreed, but I, I just think Fiji. Everyone love everyone loves the South Sea Islanders, don't they? Yeah, maybe? the supporters, the the way that they play the game, um, and you could see what it meant. I mean, even last last night, you know, they were yes yeah, so it
2: was uh, the same last night England,
0: huge, yeah, yeah. huge huge. I mean when you're English you're just used to that everyone mm. everyone, everyone mm. <laughs> supports the team that are playing <laughs> yeah. against England oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I grew true. up with that my entire career So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but how
2: good were Portugal though as well they, I think you have to mention Portugal considering
3: some of their players played in the French fourth division it was just like un- some of them, unbelievable some of them
2: are like electricians and uh, yeah. dentists and like they were brilliant I, I know we haven't mentioned
3: we've not gone into so TMOs too much but Pinto's red card for me was one of the
0: questionable decisions of the weekend, yeah.
3: I, mean, I just, uh,
0: do you know the problem is? That, and I understand the referees. The, pr- the, the referees want to speed the game up. So now, any decision they're calling it a yellow card and going for an immediate review.
3: Actually, that was an interesting question that somebody posed on social media that I saw. Was can you actually now get a direct red card, or does everything get
0: referred to you, the bunker? You can, yeah, you, you can, can get, I think, but yeah. you can get a direct red card, but. I think that referees, if they've got the safety net of not being then too sure, yeah. because if you give a straight red card and then it's suddenly seen, you know, by the world as, as maybe the wrong decision, then the question will be asked, well, why didn't you just put it on review oh, or on report? So I don't think we've, we're going to have a straight red card throughout this entire World Cup. I'm almost convinced I put my mortgage on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you put your taupe cardigan on it
0: yeah. oh nice yeah. maybe maybe, and yours as well maybe, yeah. maybe your cardie too uh,
2: we haven't talked about Scotland guys uh, they've had a week off uh, they face Tonga at the weekend um, how do we see that going
0: mm, uh, must win got a win
2: well it is a must win yeah, yeah.
0: Like- it, is, it is a must win I mean their energies and efforts they've got to do enough to win that game and they would have noticed how Tonga Caused Ireland some problems at the breakdown, yeah. which you know for the first certainly for the first twenty minutes of the match. But really, Scotland's focus is on that last game against Ireland, and they'll be cheering the box on and hoping that they can throw the literally the proverbial kitchen sink at Ireland. And there's a bit of beef between Ireland and and, and Scotland, so it's I mean even there it's going to be a fascinating contest right the way through.
2: I can't wait for the rugby this weekend. I
0: know it's going to it's be so yeah it's going to be amazing. Weekend, and and tell us what what are you are you going?
2: I'm going but, back over now. Yes, yeah, so I'm going back over on Thursday. I'm going. I'm back to Wales now let's we'll have your
3: air miles yeah cool I don't think
2: about that actually that's Just pretty good isn't
3: free, it free, so, holidays, free holidays free <laughs> so, holidays so yeah
2: we're going over on Thursday we do a preview show then on Friday day off Saturday and then yeah Wales against Australia on Sunday I can see
0: you're reaching to get out of that studio aren't you love? you want to get out well, there? Now. when are
2: you going out quarters
0: not, not till the quarterfinals. and everyone's going oh well, don't worry you'll be back if you're an England fan you'll be back by the <laughs> yeah. We have to worry, worry
2: about that now because you're
0: a Welsh fan. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, I'm just <laughs> everyone's second favourite team. <laughs> everyone's second, Come on, you second know me. I'm an Ireland fan. <laughs> I, you yeah. know that. Got a little bit of Irish in me, and then the Italians. We haven't even mentioned the Italians. What's happened to them? I mean, they're still looking good. They must look good. So <laughs> they must
2: look good. <laughs> they always look good. They always have the best kit. They're, well, they, they're up
3: first this week, aren't they? they so were, yeah. Wednesday game against Uruguay. Yeah. yeah. And do
2: you know, if you look at all the pools in the World Cup at the moment, Six Nations team leads every single pool. Oh. Wales. Yeah. Ireland. Yeah. England and France. You know, I hope that's right. I hope that it definitely is right. No, it's, it yeah. is. Right.
0: It is right. But if you look at the Rugby World Cup, it's got South Africa three times, New Zealand three times, Australia twice. And yes, England all right,
2: Starr. So I was just pointing it out. I know. That it's good well, that, to look at no, at the moment. It's good to
0: look. And let's hope it continues because it would be nothing better than for all of us if um, we have a new name on the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. yeah. That would be so good. Wouldn't definitely. It?
3: Okay, well, now it's time to check in with the Evening Standards rugby correspondent, Nick Peruell, is out with the England camp. Nick, how are you?
4: Hi, Stephen. Very well. How are you doing? I'm oh, very well,
3: Nick. I hope you uh, survived the heat that you seem to be suffering in Nice last night.
4: I did. Um, but the, yeah, the weather has turned and the wind and a little bit of rain has swept in on our return to La 2K. It was a bit of a shock to the system after it being sort of 28, 29 degrees in these.
3: Is that a valid reason for what the players have been saying about, about the handling hours then? Do you think that's fair enough that it was that humid? It was a bar of soap ball.
4: Well, I mean, that is the case, but they're not handling it as well as other, other teams would do. They're not coping with that as well as others. But, um, you know, they've been fairly honest about their situation, which is that they're still a work in progress. I mean, whether they should still be a work in progress is another matter. They've had plenty of time to get it together now. And this idea that attack is the last thing to come is fine, except for the fact that the Barbarians can put something cogent together in a week when they're on the booze as well. And I know that's a different fixture with a different intensity, but it is a pointer. And I think what we're seeing is it's a limited team coming to terms with its mediocrity. And when they come up against somebody good, they'll either raise their game
3: or they'll get turned over. Have you bumped into Owen Farrell at all? He would strike me as probably being a bit of a caged tiger at the moment, isn't he? Probably desperate to play
4: Yeah, I think what's interesting about Farrell is is that in the last six to nine months, he's been more relaxed than ever in every respect. And certainly in terms of the rugby, he's been very relaxed and he still is. But I think, yeah, I think you'll see a man possessed when he gets the opportunity to get on that pitch because he'll want to make a statement. And I'm pretty sure that that will be this weekend. I think he will play. I think in this week, I think we'd see Farrell at 10, potentially. And um, Marcus Smith maybe even start at fullback, something like that. I think we'll see Ford Farrell when it comes to it, 10-12, because I think the shapes they're playing. And everything they're doing are absolutely predicated around uh, Ford having Farrell at 12 to add that extra kind of layer of, of attack to build that sort of cascade system. What we're seeing really, I think, is a, an opportunity for England to go back to 2019. Very much the game plan that took them to the final. I don't think that's the stupidest thing in the world from Steve Borthwick because he was involved in that coaching cycle. A lot of these players were involved in that coaching cycle. It's a game plan they know very well. That where it could come unstuck is it's a game plan that every, every other team knows very well and every other team has moved on yeah well Nick thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, you have like about
3: to get blown away but uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> feel a bit windswept yeah
3: we'll catch up with you again uh,
4: next week cheers guys take care
0: right well that's all for this week some big games ahead as Sarah has mentioned so we should look forward to being back with you next week to discuss everything that's happened my thanks to Sara, come on Wales. To Steve, come on England. To Nick, come on England and of course to Eddie Jones. Uh, come on Australia, come on Wales. Come on, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and see you next time. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio.